welcome to episode two of the Grow and Grace podcast. And here in episode two, we're going to discuss five ways that you can strengthen your home church. Five different ways that you can strengthen your home church. You know, a passage I think that is the most appropriate here for this podcast is the book of Nehemiah. The book of Nehemiah is a wonderful story how we learn about the events after the Babylonian Empire had taken over the Jews and placed them in captivity and also broke the walls of Jerusalem temples of Jerusalem. And Nehemiah's heart was full of sorrow upon hearing the news about his very own city, Jerusalem. And with the God's guidance, he then went to the remnant that remained there. And that takes us to verse 18. The Bible says in Nehemiah 2, verse 18, Then I told him of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, and also the king's words that he had spoken unto me. And they said, Let us rise up and build. So they strengthened their hands for this good work. Nehemiah led these people to rise up and rebuild the walls of Jerusalem and how everyone strengthened their hands for this good work. You know, I think we can take practical lessons from this passage that we as God's people, we should have that same mentality as Nehemiah to strengthen and build up your local home church. You know, your church is doing a good work. Your pastor is doing a good work. You're doing a good work. And so let me just give you guys five ways on how you can strengthen your home church. You know, number one, and I think is the most important, is to be faithful. Be faithful. The Bible says in Proverbs 26 that most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. You know, one of the greatest compliments we can receive upon entering heaven is that well done Thou good and faithful servant. That good and faithful servant. I think God wants us to be faithful. Throughout the Bible, he's always telling us to be faithful. You know, a particular verse is uh, Hebrews 10, 25. The Bible says, Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as ye see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembly of ourselves. You know, the church is a called-out assembly. The church is the called-out assembly from the world to gather together as God's children. And when he said not forsaking, that word forsaking means to abandon or to depart from. You know, we shouldn't abandon our church. You shouldn't abandon your church. We shouldn't abandon the ministries that we do. And why is that? Because simply, Jesus Christ didn't forsake us. He didn't abandon us. God said there in Hebrews, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we shouldn't do the same. You know, we ought to be faithful in your church, in your attendance. You know, you ought to be faithful to your church in your giving. We ought to be faithful in your church in stewardship. You ought to be faithful with the spirit that you have for your church. You know, if you are in Sunday school, whether you're a teacher or a student, you ought to be faithful to that. If you're in ministry, if you're a layman or an, uh, an associate pastor or a youth pastor or even the senior pastor, be faithful in the title that you have at your church. If you're in ministry, whether it's a nursery ministry, maybe a cleaning ministry at the church, maybe it's cooking for the church, maybe it's giving people rides, whether it's the children's ministry, maybe you help in the junior church. Maybe you help in the weed church. Maybe you help in a Sunday school class. Whether it's choir. 
whether it's the bus ministry, whether it's the youth ministry, maybe it's the teen ministry, maybe you do a ministry of counseling others. Whatever you do, you ought to be faithful in what you do. Maybe you're just uh, a, a pew warmer. Maybe you just sit there and enjoy the service and hear the preaching of God's word and go home. We'll be faithful in that. Maybe you attend all the services. Be faithful to that. Maybe you tithe. You know, if you're going to tithe, be a faithful, faithful tither. And we ought to be. We ought to be faithful in our tithe. You know, like I said earlier, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, verse 6, Most men will proclaim everyone his own goodness, but a faithful man who can find. You know, let that be every one of you. Let, it, let you be called a faithful person to God. And when you're faithful, that's how you can help strengthen your church. Number one, I said, was to be faithful. Number two, on another way that you can help strengthen your church, is to commit to the vision. Commit to the vision that your church has. Commit to the vision that, that most churches are, in, are alike. You know, your church has a goal for why they exist. And I promise you, it's not just to be a social club or an existing building of believers. I think the, the most important vision that we have as a church and ought to be is reaching the lost souls for Christ. Reaching the lost souls for Christ. You know, everything you do at your church ought to be towards reaching the lost souls. If you have a Sunday school, it ought to be teaching God's people who can then reach the lost. Maybe if it's a bus ministry, the bus ministry is not just to have people on the bus, but it's to reach the lost families to win them to Jesus Christ, whether it's picking them up in a bus or a van. The preaching of God's word is to reach the lost. Knocking on doors, going soul winning is to reach the lost. Mission trips, paying for missionaries is to reach the lost. Giving to your church, whether it's your tithes or your offerings, is to finance the church in order to reach the lost. The soul winning outreach programs is to reach the lost. Discipling others and, and uh, helping others learn about the Bible, that's to help them to be the best Christian that God wants them to be so they themselves can go reach the lost. You know, Jesus Christ didn't rise up from the grave and tell the disciples to say, okay, you know, get all those believers who believe in me and just sit around and talk about me. He didn't say that at all. Jesus never said, okay, well, when you're, when I'm, now that I'm back, you know, we can just gather around the campfire. No, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go and reach the lost. You know, that's what I think is the most important vision of your church. And if we're going to strengthen your church, you got to commit to that vision, that vision of reaching the lost souls for Christ. But there's another vision, another vision for the church. And I think that is growing your uh, relationship with the Heavenly Father. Growing in our relationship. Not only are we supposed to reach the lost, but also we're supposed to grow in our relationship with God. You know, in our church, we have what's called the five to thrive in the Christian life. And by God's grace, we'd never fall. That five to thrive is key factors in the Christian life that we ought to be doing on a day-to-day basis in order to have a great relationship with the Lord. And it goes like this. Number one, Bible reading. Number two, prayer. Three, church. Four, tithe. And five is soul winning. 
you know, we uh, once you achieve the first vision of reaching the lost, the next one is to help them grow with their Heavenly Father until the day comes to see Him face to face. You know, when, t- when it's time for uh, us or you to go to heaven, you know, God ought to see you at the gates and say, welcome home, my child. And not say, uh, I'm sorry, who are you? Uh, what's your name? Oh, you're so-and-so. <laughs> no, it, you, you, we ought to have a relationship with the Father. You know, grow closer to Christ. Grow closer to Christ in your Bible reading. And you can do that by maybe joining a reading plan. Reading with a friend. Reading with your spouse. Reading with your children. Reading with your siblings. Or whoever you may be in your home. Have a reading plan. Commit to reading your Bible. It's like our spiritual food. It is our spiritual food. Commit to reading it. You can grow closer to Christ through prayer. You know, we can conversate so much with our friends and families and we can talk for hours and trust me, I've been there. But it shouldn't be more valued than our time with the Lord. God wants us to talk to him. You know, I was thinking of me. I I had a friend come over and we were conversating for over an hour or so. And it was just quick talk and smooth talk. And I'm thinking about it. I'm saying, you know, I ought to be doing that same way with the Lord. I ought to be praying just as long as I can conversate with a friend. So grow in your prayer life. You can grow closer to Christ in your church. Like I said earlier, be faithful to your church. You ought to go when the doors are opened and have that desire to want to go. Not just go because it's repetition or go because you have to or go because it's your duty or go out of obligation, but rather the desire to go to church. No, It brings me so much joy to to hear several of our teenagers say, you know, I just look forward to the weekend. I look forward to church on Sunday. I look forward to Sunday morning. I look forward to Sunday night. That's a big encouragement to me because it shows that they want to grow closer to Christ and they can grow by going to church. Grow closer to God in your tithe and your giving. You know, faithfully give to your church. Financially give to your church and to the ministry that Jesus died for. Jesus died for the church to reach the lost. And if we're going to go closer to Christ, we ought to be able to give. And not just give financially, but give spiritually. Give as many ways as you can. And last, soul winning. Soul winning. Go closer to Christ by soul winning. All soul winning is is telling someone where you got that bread. Telling someone where you found the, the source of life. It's like two thirsty men and one has found the water and the other person is telling them where he found it. It's like a game of tag. You know, someone tagged you and now that you guys are working together, you got to get someone else. Soul winning. So number two, I said, was to commit to the vision. If you're going to help strengthen your church, you got to commit to the vision. Number three is to be a servant. Be a servant. Be a servant for your church. Be a servant for your, your pastor. Be a servant for your people. You know, the Bible says in Mark ten forty five, Jesus said here, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister, and to give his life a ransom for many. That word minister means serve or servant. Jesus said that he didn't come down so people can serve him. No, he came to serve others and to give his life for our sins. You know, Jesus came down from the glorious heaven. And like I said, he didn't want people to come and serve him. He wanted to serve others. 
That's why he helped those who were lame and couldn't walk. He helped those who were blind that couldn't see. He helped those who were uh, sick with a palsy and had paralysis. He made whole. That's why he helped the sinful people. That's why he helped the maniac of Gadara who had devils in him. He freed him. That's how, why he. That's why he helped Lazarus. That's why he helped Nicodemus. He wanted to serve others. He even washed the feet of the disciples. You know, after washing his feet, the Bible says in John three fifteen, after washing their feet, he said, "For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done to you." I think he meant more than just washing somebody's feet, but rather the, the, the value of serving. He said, I have given you an example that ye should do as I have done unto you. Serve your church wholeheartedly. Serve your church to the needs of the church. Serve to the needs. Serve to the needs of the ministry. Serve to the needs of your authority. Serve to the needs of your pastor. Serve to the needs of your church family. Serve in your home church. Ask God how you can help his home. I think it was uh, President JFK and his famous speeches. He said, you know, ask not what your country can do for you, but what you can do for your country. And, you know, I think the same applies for the local church. You know, ask not what the church can do for you, but what you can do for the local church. You shouldn't be so gimme, gimme, gimme. Rather, what can I give, give, give? Be a giver for your church, whether it's by your time. You know, how much time are you serving in your church? Whether it's by your effort, you know, how much effort are you putting into serving your church? Whether it's financially, how much are you giving financially to serve your church? And whether it's spiritually, you know, are you spiritually giving yourself to the church? So number three was to be a servant. If we're going to help strengthen your church, you got to be a servant. And number four Another important way is to be separated from the world. And we're not saying, you know, be obnoxious and stubborn to those who aren't saved and may not go to the same church as you or not even go to church at all. We're not saying to be separated from them as if they have cooties or something, but no, rather be separated from them in terms of your standards, in terms of, of right and wrong. And have that separation from the sin of the world that has consumed everyone. You know, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians six seventeen, it says, Wherefore, come out from among them, and be ye separate, saith the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. You know, God said be separate. He knows what, what this world is like. He knows the sinners. He knows what sin has done to people. And he wants us to be separate from the world. You know, God wants us to be that peculiar people. You know, sure, we may have the same interests in the world, maybe the same sports team we like as someone, or this maybe the same restaurant or same type of food or, you know, same movie or what have you. But when it comes to the way we act, it ought to represent Jesus. You know, God doesn't want worldly Christians. If that was the case, then how would we be able to reach the world if we act like them? Whether it's on social media, if we're acting like the same people on social media, then how are we going to make a difference in the world? How is that being separate from the world? How is that going to strengthen the church 
if we just have a whole bunch of worldly Christians. You know, I've always heard that the church wants to be like the world. And the world doesn't want to be like the Christians. If we act like them. You know, our testimony matters. And if we're going to help people see that Jesus is alive and living in us, and he can save them too, then we got to be separate from the world. We got to have standards. We got to keep a good testimony. We ought to show people the greatness of God, the, the love of God, and that the goodness of God leads us to repentance. The goodness of God, knowing that he's so good to us that we realize that we're sinners and we fail him. He also said in Revelation, Revelation 3, 15, verse, uh, chapter 3, verse 15 and 16, I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. That word wert means I, I, I wish that you guys were either cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. God said right there that because you're not cold and because you're not hot, but you're lukewarm, I will spit you out of my mouth. God doesn't want us to be on and off for him. The Bible says that we can serve two masters. We're either for him or against him. Strengthen your church by representing the Savior in a way that people can see that you're different from others. Either you're cold and you're you're cold towards the things of God or you're hot towards the things of God. Be separate from the world. You know, live in such a way that those who don't know God but know you will simply want to know God because they know you. Be separate from the world. Live for Jesus Christ. We ought to live a life that's that's worthy of his death. Live for Jesus Christ. I wonder if you can answer if Christ is living in you, if you're representing him, if people can see Jesus in you. So that's number four. And last of all, if we're going to help strengthen our church, you just got to love what you're doing and who you're doing it for. If you're singing in the choir, you got to love singing in the choir. You know, I lead here in my church as a song leader. Now, I know for a fact I do not have a great voice. I do not have a singing voice. <laughs> my, my coworker says, hey, can you whistle? And I'm asking him, like, uh, yeah, I can whistle. He's like, oh, well, good, because you surely can't sing. <laughs> you know, then it kind of was messed up, but I laughed at it. But, you know, it. I realized it's... I could care less if I sing, can't sing. I mean, I already know for a fact there's people that sing better than me. I already accepted that fact. But it's not going to stop me from leading the songs. It's not going to stop me from leading the congregation because I just love singing for the Lord. God told us throughout all the psalms to sing unto the Lord and praise the Lord with song. Love what you're doing and who you're doing it for. If you're in a ministry, if you're in the nursery, sure those those babies are going to be crying. Just love what you're doing because you're you're nursing these kids, nursing these babies. You're doing it for the children. If you serve at your 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 bus route, love what you're doing. Love that you have an opportunity to reach these children and to love these children just as Jesus did. And if you're maybe just a church attender and you sit in the pews and Go to the service and leave right after it. Love what you're doing. Love what you're doing and knowing that you come to church to hear the, pre the preaching of God's word. And it's an encouragement to not only the pastor, but those around. 
it brings me so much joy to see people that that sometimes we may feel like they oh they're never going to come back or you know uh, uh, there's no no way they want to come back or something like that and yet they come that's that's a big encouragement because it's God speaking to their heart it's not us saying hey you ought to come to church next week or come this Wednesday but it's God putting it on their heart just love what you're doing and know who you're doing it for you know if you're in ministry and Maybe you do one ministry, maybe you do three, maybe you do 30, maybe you do whatever many amount of ministries you do. Just love what you're doing. It's worth it. Just know that God's watching. He's watching what you do at your home church. You know, you may not feel appreciated by others, but I can tell you right now, God appreciates it. And I can say, my wife and I can say that we appreciate what you do for your church. Because it's fulfilling the vision. It's reaching the lost. You may feel like a waste of space, but you know God values your efforts. You may feel like you aren't benefiting from it. You may you may not see the benefits of Christianity, but you understand that it's it's something not just so earthly, but it's eternal. It's Jesus Christ. It's for Jesus Christ, and it is worth it. The song goes, it'll be worth it all when we see his face. And that's true. That's true. Love what you're doing and who you're doing it for. So if you can walk away from this podcast and uh, this episode here, five ways you can strengthen your home church. It's the number one, be faithful. Be faithful in what you do. Whether you're just a church attender or you serve in the ministry, be faithful to what you do. Number two is to commit to the vision. Commit to the vision of your local church. And that goal and that vision ought to be for reaching the lost souls for Jesus Christ and also to help disciple and help those who receive Christ grow in their relationship, grow in their journey with the Heavenly Father. Number three is to be a servant. Strengthen your church by being a good servant. Be a good servant. Be as Christ was. Christ said he, he came to minister to others and to give his life a ransom for many. Serve your church wholeheartedly. Number four was to be separated from the world. Be separate from the world knowing that we have opportunity to help reach these people, but we're never going to do that if we keep acting like them. Acting like them. There's no point of us trying to show someone how to be a Christian, what it, what it means to be a Christian if we're just ex- acting exactly like them. Be separate from the world. And last of all, just like, love what you're doing. Love what you're doing and who you're doing it for. You know, if you realize that all this is for Jesus Christ, it's worth it. Go to church for Jesus Christ. It's worth it. We do all these things for Christ and we we read our Bible. We pray. We, we go to church. We do these ministries, whatever ministry you may be in. It may seem so tiresome in the flesh, but in our spirit, you understand that it's for Jesus Christ and it's worth it. Because he paid the ultimate price for us. He died for us so that we can live for him. And that's the 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 most humblest thing he can ever do for us was that he died for us when we're so undeserving. He did that for us. Jesus Christ did that for us. So thank you so much for tuning in and learning about five ways you can strengthen our church. And what we want to do in this podcast is to provide advice on questions you may have about the Bible or questions in life or questions you may have here in uh, at your church or about the Bible, and that's what we want to do. So feel free to send your questions to uh, 
growinggracepodcast at gmail.com. Go ahead and send a question. We'll keep them anonymous. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that we can be a blessing to you. Until then, God bless. Thank you so much for listening in.